I'm going to be over the top. Say hello to the easiest way to find interested and qualified candidates. Dude, you need to tone it down. I was just napping. Uh, You mean Uncommon's automated sourcing that turns passive candidates into interested and qualified applications? Yep. Uncommon automation helps recruiters cut their sourcing time by 75%. Well, how much coffee did you have today? A lot. Anyway, dude, 75%. That sounds like black magic or something. Close. It's called automation. It's simple, actually. You just feed or post your jobs into Uncommon. The platform identifies your job requirements. And in seconds, Uncommon uses those requirements to search over 150 million candidate profiles. And then it pulls back only the qualified candidates. And don't forget, you can connect your email and Uncommon will provide automated outreach with your customized messages to activate those passive candidates, those pesky passive candidates. Even better. I'm going to one up you. Uncommon shows exactly how the candidate meets all the job requirements with a side by side comparison view against the job requirements, which means you won't be asking yourself, What in the hell is this candidate doing here? No, but you will be asking yourself, where has Uncommon been all my life? Seriously? Uncommon is the easiest way to find qualified candidates, active or passive. Visit Uncommon.co and use discount code CHADCHEESE for 20% off. Uncommon.co Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. It's an exclusive show. Chatbots. Chatbots. Motherfucking chatbots. Not chatbots, but chatbots. Nobody wants a chatbot. That's for goddamn sure. Everybody wants a chatbot, asshole. (laughs) Uh, Today on the Chad and Cheese podcast, we have Quincy Valencia from Alexander Man Solutions. Uh, I believe her title is Queen of Chatbots. Quincy? Indeed. That is absolutely my title. It's new. This will be new to my company when they hear it, but I'm the the (laughs) self-named queen of chatbots. Thanks for having me, guys. Not self-named. We named you. Yeah, so that's, oh, that's yeah, true. so no, that you've been yeah, you've been bestowed upon by Thanks. so fresh from Dublin. What the hell were you doing in Dublin? Yeah, we had um, about 130 of the senior leadership for Alexander Man Solutions uh-huh. uh, getting together in Dublin, talking about how we're going to um, address all problems talent related before they even emerge in the marketplace. It was an exciting time. And what is Alexander Man for those who don't know? Yeah, Alexander Man Solutions is literally the global leader in. Uh, RPO solutions, um, as designated by our clients in the latest HRO Today Baker's Dozen. We do have the number one ranking there globally and also in EMEA and APAC. So go us. Is that the pay to play Baker's Dozen? No, it is not the pay to play Baker's Dozen. It's a different one. Okay. <laughs> Stop that. It's not true. It comes straight from our clients. So Do we remember the 80s show, uh, Quincy MD? What was the name of that show? It was ME, actually. Yeah, was it was it a uh, source of pain for you growing up? 
No, I actually, because I'm 110 years old, I actually predated Quincy oh. Emmy a little bit. Not as much as Chad predated him, but a little bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, me being one day older than Joel, I guess we're just both <laughs> old asses. <laughs> All right, so, moving on, so, moving on. Before we move on, I just want to say I'd actually be a huge fan of a Chad bot over a chat bot because then maybe we can turn him off. <laughs> oh, that's not cool. See, this is why... You're so sensitive. This is why we bring Quincy onto the show. We had uh, we had Adam, who uh, Adam Godson, who's a very close close friend uh, of Quincy's, and she's like, she's like, she's like, what the fuck? I mean, why why wouldn't you bring the Queen of Chatbots on? I was like, you know what? That's probably a good idea. We should probably do that. Queen of really Chatbots. That's on it her LinkedIn true. profile, I'm the queen by of all the bots, way. By the way, not just chatbots. Oh, all bots. I like that. I've just, I've just elevated myself. So yeah. so okay. So Ooh. so we're talking about chatbots today and this is going to be a very broad discussion uh and but first off i want you to kind of tell a story of why you have so much deep knowledge when it comes to bots yeah sure thing so we at alexander man solutions specifically are quite the innovators when it comes to automation and, and, and artificial intelligence in a process and in a very british sort of way um <laughs> We do it quietly. Um, so, but we get things done. So even internally, you know, we don't toot our own horns much, but we actually have our own family of about 20 different bots in use. Um, and, and as we look to add this sort of expertise and knowledge to our clients to help make their processes better, we just kind of get in and develop it and do it our own. So we've developed our own um, full family of bots using both internal developers and partnering with, with key industry experts out there to help us do that. And as we look further, first of all, the world of, of the applicant tracking system is kind of going to go by the wayside at some point in time. And if Ooh. we look at the entire... Can well, you say is, that again? Yes. The world of applicant tracking systems is not long for this world. Huh. Because it's typically a horrible, it's a, it's a horrible user experience in almost every case. And so when we're looking out there to, to look at how do we improve the experience for all stakeholders in the process, so not just your candidates, but your, your hiring managers, your recruiters, if you have them, your talent acquisition leadership, um, we think that we can do that with AI. And that brought us to the, to the chatbot story. And, and I've been sort of living in that world now for quite some time, looking at how we use that. How can we shift the paradigm of what people think of as a chatbot into something that's actually going to be an extraordinary experience for, for our clients and their users? I feel like I just watched a Netflix trailer. Like, I'm ready to dive into this. I'm ready to go. Sweet. Let's do it. She just destroyed ATSs. Like, let's go. I love it. I love it. So, uh, so, so okay. So, since we've gotten so deep so fast, I'm going to ask a very, a very deep question. Yeah. What's up with all the female naming with chatbots? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think actually, I think it's based in the patriarchy, to be honest with you. Everybody thinks of HR as a girl. Uh, I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. So I think that's where it comes from. You, you don't think it has to do with women are actually easier to talk to and men are just assholes and they don't listen in the first place? I mean, while that's true in some cases, I don't think that's <laughs> where it came from. I think people tend to they think of HR, they think of recruiting and historically they think of women. I think that's where it comes from. I also think that it's mostly men naming these chatbots and they prefer to name it a girl name. Yeah. Um, but that's my opinion. I'm going to I'm going to go even more elementary than this. Uh, some of our listeners will not know what a chatbot is. Like, is it that little widget on websites? Is it text messaging? Like, I want to start with your definition of what a chatbot is in particular when it, it pertains to recruiting. Yeah, it's a great question. So I think if you look at the core and the, at the start of a chatbot, it is going to be 
people will think of it as that little widget that pops up when you go somewhere. And in the recruiting world, you know, it'll be on somebody's career site. It, it may be when you go out to, you know, buy a new mattress and a little chat bot comes up to help you, you know, take you through the process. But really, it's a sort of an, an artificial intelligent uh, assistant um, that functions through natural language processing that has answers to some of your, your basic questions. And in the recruiting world, it, it could be, you know, what's it like to work there? What are the hours? You know, can I have visible tattoos and work there to help get through the process in, in a way that's sort of 24-7 available? Um, and that, frankly, frees up some of your recruiters and your other higher value human assets to do more meaningful and deeper work. So is that why you have like 20 different chat bots that you guys are working with? Because, I mean, you're talking about back end, like onboarding and even beyond that, uh, employee engagement yeah. chat bots, talking yeah. about uh, candidate uh, engagement chatbots, and you're also talking about recruiter assistant types of, of chatbots. Is that why we need so many of these things? Well, I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head. So if you go and I've spent quite a bit of time with a lot of the founders and CEOs of a lot of these different bot systems. And if you say, so why is your chatbot different than the other? Uh -huh. They they faint and they vomit a little bit and they, <laughs> they cringe because none of them, they don't want to be seen as a chat bot. I mean, that's sort of an, an outsider's view of what they do. It's not just about chat. It's not just about help desk functionality. Um, it, it really is about looking at the process, the entire recruiting and talent life cycle end to end um, and seeing how we can enhance that experience and really, again, f add value to your process overall. Um, so calling them a chatbot at this point is almost a misnomer. Almost none of them are simply a chatbot. So where are your clients looking for chatbots first? Or do they not even know? Is it all just this kind of noise that everybody's like, hey, I need to talk about chatbots. And they have no fucking clue what they're talking about, whether it's front end, whether it's back end, whether it's even process methodology pieces. Yeah, I remember in March, Chad, uh, in Dublin, where um, I forget who it was, said, you know, companies are coming to them saying, we need a chat bot. Yeah. And they say, well, what do, why do you need a chat bot? And they say, well, we just need a chat bot because it's the hot new thing. Like, are we still at that point or are people more evolved? Depends who you're talking to. It's a little bit of both. I mean, if I had a, a, a dime for every time I've, I've walked into a, a client or a prospect and they've said, how do we put some of this AI stuff into our process? And, you know, I'd be, I'd be a pretty rich woman. It's not about adding a chatbot or any sort of AI to the process. If you're starting with that question, you're starting in the right, the wrong spot. Um, it's let's look at your, your again, it's your end-to-end -end talent solution and see what the process is, where we can enhance it, where you can really add value. And then we'll determine if some sort of an, an AI assistant is, is the appropriate mechanism to do that. I mean, some of, some of the companies out there are quite sophisticated. I mean, they've already done it. They started at you know, sort of where the commencement of chatbots was to begin with, which is with, a, let's put, you know, a, a help chatbot on the front so people can get their basic questions about a company answered. And then it had some, you know, some modicum of success mm -hmm. there. And then it moves to let's help them figure out, you know, ask questions about the job specifically. And then let's move into pre-screens. And so as it evolves, people are at, at, at further spots along this this process as others, but starts there and then ends up going all the way through. Like Chad just said, let's help with onboarding. Let's go all the way through to employee engagement once they're on board. And is there any, is there, are there any level companies that chatbots just aren't for, or does every company have, should be investigating this? Yeah, that's a really great question. I haven't thought of it that way before. I mean, I think it depends on what it is you're going to use it for. Again, if it's just, if it's just chat up front and it's just help desk, I, I think there's, you know, tremendous 
ability to put that in and use it for for most size and scope company, probably the bigger, the better, where you have the more questions coming in, you're, you're freeing up again, more resources to do it. Maybe the smallest companies in out high there. Frequency. Yeah. So maybe the smallest companies out there don't have it in a straight chat, stereotypical chat bot. But I would also argue that it could help to, for those who don't have a recruiting department at all, um, or a talent department at all, or you're depending on generalists to handle the entire process and they have so much on their plate they can't do it i think you could really use that to enhance the process uh, again all the way through um where currently it may not be the best yeah i think we're 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 always talking chatbot 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 but companies really should be focusing on process 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 and what parts of the process uh, can be can be actually lifted or supported by using this type of technology, whatever type of technology it, it might be. Um, is that kind of where you're trying to turn their heads and say, look, we've got to get deep into your process? Because in most cases, like you're talking about with with applicant tracking systems, and in some cases, not even the applicant tracking system's fault because the companies are using 1990s process methodologies that they used before they actually bought an applicant tracking system and then they forced them into this antiquated bullshit process, right? So, I mean, yeah. is that like is that really like the base, the essence of where these companies need to start? It is. You just, you, you totally hit the nail on the head. So for the record, I'm not, you know, anti-ATS. They serve their purposes. They're certainly great, you know, systems of record. Um, compliance is a thing, whether we want it to be or not, uh -huh. they help companies get there. But if you do what you said, Chad, which is, you know, shove in any sort of technology, whether it's a bot, whether it's ATS, whatever it is, and say, you keep your, your antiquated process exactly as it is today, and let's conform the technology to support our antiquated process, you're still going to have a bad process. Now you have the added complexity of, of technology that may or may not be able to support exactly what you're trying to do. Let's look at what you're doing. Let's look at the experience first and then put in the humans at the right spot where it's going to most enhance it and put in technology where it's going to most enhance that experience. And it's the same, you know, you started with, with ATS. It's the same thing for, for automation and certainly for these bots that are coming in the chat bots. So let's look beyond just the, you know, can we take it through? Let me back up. If you talk to, you know, I'm not even going to say names. If you talk to people who are her heads of uh -huh. these companies, you know, I said before, if you call them a chat bot, they're kind of falling on the floor. They started there because that's where their users started. Mm -hmm. But they're taking that journey so far beyond um, just the upfront chat. How can we really manage the entire um, application process first and foremost, so that the companies are getting what they need from these candidates, but they're getting it in a more timely manner. They're bringing candidates in faster. The conversion rates are so much higher. You know, if you look at a typical conversion rate today, the drop-off rate between bringing a candidate in to who actually, you know, completes the pre-screen or application mm -hmm. process, drop-off sits at about 69% in general. And when you start adding in a way that they can actually engage and not feel like they have to you know, take a shot of whiskey and put aside four hours of their night before they start applying for a job, you're going to have a better experience. You're going to have greater results, really, is, is the bottom line there. So let's look at it, ask the right questions, look thoroughly and completely through your entire process and, and think outside the box. You know, how can we go, which I hate that phrase and I can't believe I just used it, but <laughs> they're, they're, they're limited today in a lot of a lot of cases by the imagination of the of the user uh -huh. and the buyer. Um, and let's look at, and it's because of the paradigm of we absolutely have to have humans at this point of the process. Ask yourself why. 
you know, maybe you do, but what is it doing there? And so how can you use a chip? We'll still call it a chatbot since that's the name of the show to make it better across the board from end to end. And I'd like to take it a little step further. Let's, let's play make believe. Um, I'm an employer. I know this chatbot thing is, is happening. I'm new to the game. Um, you know, I have a list of a dozen that I need to talk to. What are the questions? What are the hard questions that a, an employer should be asking these chatbots to make sure that they're selecting the best one for them? That's the right question to be asking. So before you even engage, you know, you look at your, look at your process, you determine you can, you know, add in some sort of a chatbot somewhere to enhance it, enhance it and look and see, you know, what parts of the process that you think you want to enhance and, and you're going to ask the, the different providers if they can do that. Um, do they have capability in that area? And it starts from, you know, what channels do you support? Is it just that little icon on the, on the screen at the front? Or can my candidates, uh, you know, engage through text or through WhatsApp or through WeChat? chat or Facebook Messenger, because the key, right, especially in this market today is, is engaging candidates where they are, and in a way that's going to be most accessible and most pleasing to them. So, you know, we have to make sure that multi it's a multi-channel application, first and foremost. You have to look at their integration capabilities. What Do they have APIs? What sort are they? And, and how does that work with your current stack? tech stack, because at some point you are going to have to get information, again, for compliance purposes, but certainly for reporting and analytics from from one system to another. You know, what languages do they support if that's applicable to you? And when they say what languages do they support, is it just a Google Translator? Or do they really have some more uh, in-depth and, and complete sort of, of local nuanced uh, language capability, or is it just Google Translate, which is a problem? I have a, yeah. a funny story about that, if I could really quick, sure. um, to show why that's so important. So 100 years ago, I worked for a company um, that I won't name, but it was a, a large um, home improvement retailer. <laughs> um, and there was a huge push at the Sounds time. like Home Depot. Go ahead. <laughs> it does sound like that. So there was a there was a campaign to um, to pursue bilingual candidates, specifically Spanish speaking. And so our amazing employment branding team, which they were, by the way, I went through and they had all these signs made up and they were doing local signage and giant banners to hang on the front of the building. And the words that they that they put out there about five minutes after the banners were hung and the the corporate office's phone started ringing. Um, it was incredibly offensive, apparently, because the, the words they used were no solicitamos, which is we're hiring. But in certain uh, countries and areas and in certain dialect, it's soliciting as in the lady of the night soliciting. Um, <laughs> And you don't want to be the poor person that has to go in front of your CEO and explain to them why uh, that's what you're advertising, really not on brand for that particular company. So mm. it is, it, like I said, it's really important to make sure you understand their language capability and where they're going, if that's important to you and, and where they're driving it. How about for the uh, the cost conscious uh, employer? Is there a chat bot? Like, are, are there variations in price where you'd, you'd want someone to send someone for the uh, the cost conscious employer? Are there what? Say that again. Cheap. They're looking for a deal. They're cheap. I mean, let's be honest about it. Like, look, they don't want to spend a lot of money. They've heard these things are commoditized anyway. Um, where would you send them uh, for like lower level pricing versus maybe higher level gold level pricing? Any of them. Because you get what you pay for. I mean, if really all you want is a front level, can you answer a few questions? Any of them can do that for you. That's not going to be their bread and butter and where they're hiring. I mean, if you ask that question, we want X, can you do that? And if it's yes, I'm sure you can all get a price point of what you want. But understand that doing that isn't necessarily going to give you the outcome and the results that you need. Um, you know, you need, you need, sure, you need good costs, but you need 
you know, what's the user interface? What's the admin control capability? What are your analytics capabilities? What data are you collecting and how can you track it? Mm-hmm. Um, what type of support do you have? I mean, those are some of all the questions that you need to go through. And if all you want is, you know, a box of rocks, somebody's going to give you your box of rocks. But I would argue that that's going to be, you know, potentially more detrimental than than positive. Then you're going to get the hooker banner is what she's saying. And you'll get the hooker banner. <laughs> that's right. Is that really what you want? And maybe you do. Maybe that's your brand. Yeah, hey, could, good on you. It could be your brand. Be fine. Um, <laughs> would be the Chad G's brand. Uh, the So the multi-channel support, like you're talking about, uh, are most of these chatbot platforms, whatever you call them, um, are they supporting texting, SMS texting? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the first that they're supporting. Most are supporting texting. But you know, ask them, is it native to their platform? Or are they, they using another person's um, chat or texting capability to do that? And the reason it's important, because there, there really could be another system that's best in class for that texting capability. But the more um, technology you start Frankensteining together, the more opportunity it is for failure. Mm-hmm. And again, you, you want to make sure that you're enhancing the experience and not detracting from it. So be careful there as well. So we're hearing at least, you know, rumbles out there when we talk about chatbots, uh, big names like IBM. And then you're like, really like, oh, the Watson. And then you hear companies come back and say, yeah, no, that's that's shit. And then Maya has like $40 million or some something like that in funding. And it doesn't seem like any of these big names are really taking a lead. Is that I mean, not not that you have to name anybody, but is that what you're seeing? Is that there's just this big difference in what these companies and how they actually provide it? And in some cases, just because they have a big name doesn't mean they're going to have uh, the best tech. So is your question, is there, is, there, is there a brand leader at this point, basically? There are several, and it depends what you're trying to do. That's a really good question. So there's some companies that I know pretty pretty intimately that are doing great things in their, in their sectors. So if you look at Alio, for example, who I know... Um, the Chad and Cheese Show are a big fan of. Um, if you look at what they're doing in trying to, to turn their um, system of capability really into an end-to-end system, mm-hmm. um, they are really taking the lead there. If you look at, and their analytics are, are insanely strong. If you look at an Olivia, for example, um, also leading there, but they're looking at the experience more holistically from both ends. So they actually, you know, have an app on the back end for their hiring managers to engage, which is which is critical if you t- to get a system embedded into a process. Um, if you look at, you know, Karen, which is out of Toronto, um, their assessment capability, their native assessment capability is unparalleled uh, in a way that does not hinder that experience. So don't I would, my caution would be just because somebody has been there longer or just because mm-hmm. their name is bigger, make sure there's actual substance behind, you know, what, what could essentially be smoke and mirrors and depending on a name that people know and understand what it is. You're, what do you want them to do? You know, understand right. that as well. We've heard a lot about job seekers almost preferring the chatbot experience versus the black hole. Um, is it your contention? Yeah. Is it your contention that it'll always be that way? Or do you think we'll hit a point where, uh, we hit chatbot fatigue and this thing is uh, there's some backlash against them. You know, I think it's actually opposite of that. And this is where two things. So it's funny. Um, I, I forget who it was. I think it may have been an ISIMS poll actually that I read recently that, you know, candidates surveyed uh, of those 76% um, get more frustrated in, in that black hole of a recruiting experience and not hearing back than of not hearing back after a first date. I mean, it's a problem that we've all known and just sort of accepted for you know, 10 or 15 years and or longer. Uh, and it's a problem. And, it, you know, you brought up my, my good, amazing friend, Adam Godson. Um, and, and I heard his <laughs> podcast with you. And 
Here's one thing sure, that I'm, I'm sure actually you listen to it over and over and over. <laughs> oh, I, I fall asleep to it at night. Um, it was that boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it lulls me. It's it's great. Um, no, but so the in most technology, and I think this is true. Um, the reason that these chatbots have been slower to catch on, relatively speaking, to the others is because usually tech advancements everywhere are driven by consumer tech. And it hasn't, the chatbots have not really taken off from a consumer tech standpoint. And that's really true for various and sundry reasons. But just to be really clear that the recruiting and hiring experience and even the internal engagement has historically just been so poor um, that our candidates and applicants are really looking for anything um, you know, it's like gasping for air to make it better. And this is where I really think this chatbot is is taking the lead from a recruiting and talent standpoint uh-huh. um, that may eventually catch on in, in the in the consumer space. But the difference is if I'm a consumer and I'm on Amazon, I want to browse and look around and get through that pretty quickly. If I'm a job applicant, I want to engage. And that's what a chatbot can offer you the opportunity to do if properly executed. It's like Oliver asking for more gruel. More gruel, please. <laughs> more en- exactly. more engagement, please. Yeah. I mean, it's I, you know, I think it's pretty so. simple. If, if you are staring into a black void, you know, th- there's that or you can talk to uh, a, a robot, right? whether it's Alexa or, or my Google. Google Home or something like that. Yeah, okay. I'd rather do that than have nothing at all. Yeah, and you could and program it, right? Program yeah. it so that make sure that the that your brand is reflected in what you're putting in there. Explore the actual capabilities of the system you're putting in. Is it really just a one-to-one if they ask this question and give them this answer? Right. Or does the technology you know, support contextualization where they can really interpret, you know, how deep is their NLP capability? Um, and, it, you know, it's not like you're trying to lie. You're not saying they're talking to a, a human when it's really a bot. I think people are okay with that. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that, you know, your, your programming is there. I was, I was at one. I forget. Oh, it was funny. It was actually, it was Karen, actually. Mm-hmm. And they were showing us what, um, you know, somebody starts dropping F-bombs all over way in the process, her response is, oh my. I mean, it's just, it's just, <laughs> what are they going to say? Like, I don't understand what it is you're trying to tell me. Yeah. Or are they going to say something that feels better and more engaging? Yeah. Language. That's, that's the one. So Quincy has a much broader range than chatbots, uh, but we definitely wanted to focus on this because you have been focusing here lately. Here's one thing that I want to ask um, besides chatbots, because there's so much chatbot distraction right now, so much noise. What great tech, what great tech are uh, companies missing because of all the chatbot noise? What other types of technologies should they really be looking at heavily along with chat? Bots. Oh, so <clears throat> some that people have been talking about, but now have never really mm-hmm. used. Um, and some are pretty basic, but RPA capability yeah. do wonders for some of these companies. And, and here's an example. Um, we had a challenge with, with a client of ours, we at AMS, who, you know, we needed to get 70,000 documents from out of one system into another system. We needed to organize it by uh, download all the 70,000 documents, organize it by candidate, create share port folders or each, you know, set the appropriate document and folder security, rename the file systematically, so on and so forth. And there's a couple different ways you could do that. You could, you know, release 10 people from their day jobs, give them 10 weeks to work, spend 35 or 40 grand, you know, human error, boredom, low job satisfaction, that sort of thing. Or you can create a bot to do it. It's RPA. And all you have to do there is, you know, free up a few SMEs, allow some time for development, allow the bot to run. And, you know, the result in that particular case, it was no mistakes, no desk chair, no tantrums from anyone who were <laughs> bored and, and zero errors, zero. It was done in 36 hours. It would have taken, you know, four to six weeks to do previously. So really, you know, that's an actual case study that happened that we managed for them with one of our bots. 
um, that you can see surely wide application of that throughout uh, your TA process there. There's a lot of buzz around um, taking unconscious bias out of the process. And there's also been a lot of negative press like Amazon's. Mm -hmm. Don't shy away from it. This is where automation, I think, is going to really help the recruiting process and, and help companies get the best quality talent they can. Like nobody or most people, let's just assume and give the benefit of the doubt, nobody's intentionally discriminating or biased against anyone. You can't help it. It's in your brain. It's in your psychology. You know, it's in your DNA. So let's put uh, some robotics there. They're going to help, you know, scientifically and in, in proven um, to take some of that out so that you really are getting access to and, and exposing yourself to the actual best qualified candidate for a job, um, as opposed to hiring managers gut feeling or a recruiter was having a bad day. Take the dumb human out of the equation. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody's talking about Cyberdyne here. <laughs> it's about adding humans to the process. <laughs> where they're actually adding value and let the yeah. machines do what where they're actually adding value, which we all know, you know, they can do things faster, they can do things cheaper. And they're getting so sophisticated at this point. Um, they can do it sometimes with an experience and a quality level that's higher than what humans can do. And Quincy, my last question in, in regards to your comment about cheaper, how do these companies stay out of the commodity trap? Uh, for example, Maya taking, you know, $40 million, um, they better come up with something more than just a chatbot, right? Yep. Yeah, it's true. So let's look at, again, start from what's adding to the experience and adding to the process. Are you adding, are you enhancing your NLP capability um, so that it feels more engaging and feels more human-like? Um, are you looking deeper than just chatbot and looking where you can apply that same foundational technology at different places in the process all the way through to you know, existing, uh, existing employees? Is there a way to, to engage for career coaching? Is there a way to engage for, you know, internal mobility and that sort of thing? So look beyond the, again, that I started before, there's a paradigm of, we absolutely have to have humans here. And there's no way a, a robot really could do it. Um, challenge yourself. Uh, and, and the companies need to challenge themselves to make sure that that funding they're getting is being used in a way that's going to move them beyond where the capability is today uh, and not not play it into those, you know, old school thought processes. <laughs> Can I get one more question? We're, we're not quite at 30 minutes yet. I know you'll edit this thing down a little bit. Two questions I had. One is the question of scale. And for most of these companies, um, someone has to talk to the employer to ask what questions do we want to ask? So I have a question about how they're going to get over the hump with the scaling issue for most of them. And the second thing, I'm, I'm curious about your opinion on voice. So you have Alexa and other voice assistants. Does that ever trump the chatbot experience? Yeah. So your first question about scale, um, it, the, the technology is going to help you to do that, right? You've got, as, as it learns. So look at it this way. You're going to launch a system. You're going to launch with, you know, 100 or 150 questions and answers and possible, you know, variations to that. And, and that's a really sort of a mild investment of time and energy to do that. You, as organizations, you already have those answers somewhere. It's just compiling and putting in there. The machines learn, though. It is a very Cyberdyne type moment. <laughs> They'll As it comes in and you're getting more answers to more questions and you're getting more input and more feedback, um, it's going to feed back to you what it is you need to focus on, um, which means what could have taken, you know, three weeks to start or a month to start is now going to take, you know, a day, uh, you know, at most to come back on. So trust the technology if you're going to invest in it and it will help you scale pretty organically there. And then secondarily, what was the second question, Joel? I got excited about the first uh, one. Voice, voice assistance yeah. versus chatbots. Yeah. Um, there is a, a ton of stuff to come out of that, I think. But if you look at, you know, everybody knows what Google did. Everybody's seen that video. But that was literally years of time and effort that they put into that for that AI system that they put out there. And it's it's got applicability of one. 
uh, and it really is one-to-one. So certainly something to watch. Um, I think there's a lot of money being invested in that and a lot of capability into that. And yeah, sure. I mean, I think we'll all go that way. At some point, it'll wake up and say, toothbrush, you know, brush my teeth for me. Um, and, and that'll be fine. But, you know, it's out there. Um, watch for it. It's not ready quite yet. On that one, to, to an extent, I mean, because you can, I mean, using voice activation for chatbots. So, I mean, I see them really turning into and morphing into, I mean, whether I'm using my Google Home and it is somewhat of a, a chatbot per se and can take me through a process methodology, you know, they the, the, the technology starts to meld into each other, don't you think? Yeah, of course it does. It's just taking, It's you, you kind of nailed it there. It's taking, it's a natural extension of what it's doing today, but you still have the, you know, the issue of, of scalability. Um, so it's just such use case for that is so specific. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it just takes longer, but it's going to happen. And, and as it continues to develop, um, it'll happen more quickly. Well, excellent. Excellent. Well, Quincy Valencia, queen of chatbots, everyone. No, seriously, Quincy, we appreciate you taking the time. Know that you've uh, you've been doing a ton of research around this, and and we've been talking about it uh, a lot on the show. So we wanted to bring somebody in who actually knew what the hell they were talking about. Hey, I appreciate that you consider that to be me. So yeah. thanks a lot. Quincy, for those who want to uh, learn more about you or your company, where would you direct them? AlexanderManSolutions.com. Boom, we out. We out. All right, thanks. Hi, this is Stella Cheeseman. Thanks for listening to the Cheese and Chad podcast, or at least that's what I call it. Anyway, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, that silly Android phone thingy, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to give Bucket some money to our sponsors. Otherwise, I may be forced to take that coal mining job I saw on Monster.com. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.